Welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. I am your host, Dylan, of Neo News Today. In this episode of the Neo News Today podcast, we get the chance to sit down and chat with the founder and CEO of Arcane Network, Karl Striegel. And Karl, I apologize for mispronouncing your name during our interview. Arcane Network is a wallet-as-a-service provider that aims to remove barriers to developing blockchain-based games and decentralized applications. In this episode of the podcast, we discuss the Arcane Wallet and its availability on mobile, desktop, and gaming consoles, why Coddle believes solving UX issues can remove the roadblocks for mass adoption, how Arcane was introduced to the Neo team, and how the developers from both projects coordinate with one another. The differences between providing support for Neo versus providing support for other public blockchains. And lastly, a call for developers to not only provide feedback, but also contribute to building within the Arcane network. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hey guys, what is going on? This is Dylan with the Neo News Today podcast. Today I am talking with Carol Striegel from the Arcane Network, which is a wallet as a service and API and SDK provider. In July of 2019, Neo and Arcane announced their partnership when Neo had announced their 50 partners from the recruitment efforts of the first phase of the EcoBoost program. And then in September 2019, uh, Neo Global Development's Dennis Suslov and Carol participated in an AMA where Arcane stated its intent is to help games and dApps in so many ways with a strong focus on eliminating adoption barriers. So I want to thank you very much for coming on to the Neo News Today podcast. And um, I'd like to introduce, uh, ask you to introduce yourself, Carol. Uh, hi, Dylan. Uh, thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, my name is Karel Strihel. I'm CEO of Arcane Network. Um, we've been developing the platform for nearly one year now. And as you mentioned, the latest chain we've added to our platform is Neo. And we are a wallet-as-a-service uh, provider, or at least we started out as such, uh, because we're actually slowly moving more towards a blockchain provider and becoming a full middleware due to the different requests we get from, from clients. Very cool. So I guess, um, could we just get a brief background of who you are and sort of what your professional background is? Um, yeah, so I'm 36 years old, married to have two, two little kids. Um, and my professional background is all about IT. Um, from the moment I went to, to college and then the other years afterwards, I always studied uh, some form or part of informatics, going from infrastructure to networking to databases. Um, and then slowly um, became um, self-employed, did a lot of consultancy work, met a lot of very interesting technical people. And eventually, we we decided to to team up um, and start building a product of our own. And that was around the same period where 
we got introduced into the blockchain technology with Ethereum coming out, uh, understanding the fact that you could actually develop uh, and run source code um, in the EVM, which suddenly made so many things possible. Uh, we saw the potential and then we started to um, dig in. And one thing we started to notice quite early on was that for a regular end user point of view, it's not very user friendly to interact with blockchain technology, um, which is actually a roadblock for, for mass adoption. And um, that's why we decided to like, okay, let's focus on solving that problem because there were so many teams already focusing on scalability and performance, but not many on solving the UX problem or at least being able to find solutions so that dApps can onboard uh, a large audience of not so tech-savvy people. Um, and then our king basically came to life, um, started out by um, providing dApps the ability to provide wallets to their end users, um, taking the assumption that less than 1% of their customer base has actually a wallet. So we decided to, hey, Try not to to send them away uh, or ask them a wallet. Just give them the ability to to take one or to offer uh, a wallet to them. Um, so that was the first hurdle we tried to solve, and we tried to do that without having the user or without forcing the user to install additional software like uh, browser extensions, desktop software, or on mobile uh, dab browsers. We don't believe that's very user-friendly and would also block adoption. Uh, for the end user, it should just work out of the box like any traditional application. Um, yeah, that's more or less um, a goal we actually already reached. So using Arcane, so if you're a dab developer and you're using Arcane, you can easily onboard users and give them an application. They don't need any additional software works on any device, on any browser. Um, the wallets on your mobile are the same as the one on their desktop. It actually even works on consoles. Um, so that's quite interesting. Um, and then with the clients that we have, we got more and more requests of, okay, hey, we also want to execute smart contracts or interact with them not only provide wallets to our consumers and have them sign transactions. So we started to expand the middleware to be able to actually handle all the different calls. Um, and Neo is one of them. Um, so I think I met Dennis must be around March or April of, of this year, back at a gaming conference, a blockchain gaming conference. Um, we started to talk. Actually, we were introduced by... Uh, Sergey, the, the CEO of CRX Games, um, we started to talk a bit more and uh, we understood each other's vision of where they want to take the blockchain ecospace, and, and which was quite aligned with ours. Um, and then after the, week, the weeks after, basically, we, we had a partnership where we decided, okay, we're going to support NEO. And they said, okay, we will help you with uh, writing the, the integration for us. Um, and actually, a nice collaboration um, was formed, to be honest. Um, we gave also a lot of feedback um, to their uh, development community of items or ish things that we were missing in their SDK, and then they were providing feedback to us. And then we also included uh, Sergey, who is uh, 
working on the new integration to his games. Could be already released, to be honest. I'm not 100% sure. Things move quite quickly. I know he's actually actively working on it. Um, so having this like three to four parties uh, working together and collaborating and improving each other's products is quite awesome. Um, so yeah, that's a bit what we have been doing uh, the last couple of months. Very cool. That's uh, totally in line with the spirit of decentralization, working with three different teams uh, to get a product put out there. Um, so when you were describing sort of what the the philosophy behind Arcane was, you were talking about making it easy for the end user. Uh, I noticed that you didn't specifically mention blockchain-based games. However, when you started working with Neo as an EcoBoost partner, you were also working with 0x Games. So is Arcane solely focusing on the gaming industry right now, or was that sort of uh, kind of the entry barrier point? Um, it's more more the entry point. Um, the reason is quite simple. The, the game sector within blockchain is the one that is thriving the most and is also focused on mainstream users. If you ask uh, any blockchain game, who is your target audience, um, they will answer any gamer, not specifically one who is familiar with blockchain or has cryptocurrencies. While on the other hand, if you focus more on the fintech point of view or decentralized finance, you notice that it's the users really need to have crypto or they are focused more on that ecosystem, um, which is great, uh, but that's not really the market that we are currently looking for. Uh, we want to be able to bring in the, the majority of the of a market and gaming scene is, is perfectly suited for that. Um, and in order to do so, we had to make it as user-friendly as possible. Um, it, I think we still have to do a lot of improvements to make it even more user-friendly and to push the blockchain concepts more to the background in the sense that, just to give you an example, if, if a user performs a transaction and it fails due to like a technical blockchain issue, you shouldn't be slapped around the ears with technical terms. It should, it should be like very clear, for example, balance is too low or um, something, an error message like that. And we should handle it um, in such a way that the user understands and that he can move on. He's not blocked, um, these kind of things. Um, or, for example, being able to pay uh, for the gas um, or allow an app to pay for the gas uh, in certain cases. Um, so that you avoid that the user needs to own cryptocurrency. The way we see it is that um, cryptocurrency is more like the fuel of an application and it should be more like an operational cost, not necessarily something that is pushed to the end consumer. They don't need to be aware, especially if the ecosystem is growing a lot. And um, that's also something which is very cool with Neo. They understand that it's the blockchain ecosystem and not per se, the NEO ecosystem. Um, both are still small compared to, to the entire world, of course, but they understand that it's, you should need to grow together and not uh, stay in your own silo. Um, we have the same approach. That's also why we try to remain blockchain agnostic. Um, but if you then think about the end consumer, and I, I personally believe that more projects should do that, then 
yeah, users who will start using applications that run on multiple chains, maybe some will be on a side chain or not, will have so many tokens. Look at coin market cap, how many tokens there are, too many. Um, a user cannot um, hold them all. Um, and if he needs a certain token, it's not available on every exchange. He needs to have different accounts, different KYC. It's, it's really a pain in the ass. And um, from our point of view, that's something that should be dealt with by the, the app and not the consumer. Uh, that's why I also believe that like the NFT space is very interesting. It's really about uh, the added value of a product, an item. Um, and there you can completely see that a token, being it native or an application-specific token, should be pushed to the background where the user is just dealing with the NFT itself. And maybe he's using fiat currency to, to interact with the app or maybe has a subscription but the app then transforms that fiat into the, the token needed to run actually the application. So that's our vision or philosophy and what we are doing with Arcane is trying to build the right tools to make that possible for, for devs. So when you're looking at these suite of tools for decentralized applications and the, the blockchains that sort of offer this functionality in these layers, what what exactly are you looking for in a public blockchain project? And then kind of to tack, tag on to that question, um, I'm interested in hearing how providing support for NEO as a blockchain differs from other public blockchains that you're coordinating with. Um, what we are looking for in a blockchain, it's a bit difficult to say. Um, well, purely from a business point of view, of course, it needs to be. It needs to have a certain community. If it only has ten members, then it's it's quite uh, costly to 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 add support because there is a lot of development work that goes into it. Uh, so, of course, from a business point of view, it needs to make sense. Um, but then, from a more technical um, side, um, yeah, it needs to be stable. It needs to be uh, a bit more mature. Um, Ideally, it's also fast and cheap. Um, not necessarily for us because we don't really have that cost ourselves, but for applications to build on top or for end users to understand, it should be quickly and fast because don't forget end users are accustomed to traditional systems that use a database. So if they press the button, the state has changed. They don't need to wait until a transaction is mined. So the quicker it's resolved, the um, the better it is for the user. Of course, there's also the discussion of how much of the functionality and logic you put on chain. Um, there's always a balance. The faster that the faster you are and the cheaper your network is, the more applications will be able to put the logic on chain um, compared to other systems that are maybe slower and more expensive. So uh, that's. Uh, my point of view uh, of that. And we see also, so we see that many applications are built on Ethereum, um, but we see also a shift that many start to look, start looking at side chains just because of the speed and the, the cost involved with Ethereum right now. Um, so I'm going to, well, future will, will tell to see how if this will also happen with NEO or how they will deal uh, with that system. Um, then there's also the standards um, because we're blockchain agnostic we, we try to implement 
one standard or multiple standards, but a defined set across multiple chains. Um, if one chain is completely different, um, for example, in, in the NFT standard, and other chains, that's also quite annoying for us because that means we have additional development work to do um, to make everything compliant because we try to create like one layer which is standardized and if the developer uses our API layer, basically they can interact in the same way with um, multiple chains or with all the chains that we support. Um, um, yeah, I'm, did I answer this, your complete question? I know that was it was layered, so maybe I missed. Yeah, let me, um, I'll, I'll just few. I'll just tag on to um, that response. And since I believe Arcane's working with eight different blockchains right now, um, and Neo is unique in the way that you hold a Neo token and then you also get passively distributed gas. So I'm wondering if there are any uh, sort of nuances or differences that building uh, support for a public blockchain that has two different tokens, if that has provided uh, any difficulties or abnormalities as, comp as opposed to the other blockchains that you're working with? Yeah, so um, it was a bit more complex than others. Um, that's true. Um, but um, as I mentioned, we had the, the benefit of being able to work closely with the NEO Foundation uh, itself and the developers um, who are building the different SDKs. Um, and also on the hand, actually have a client who wants to use NEO. So that combination gave us a lot of insight and we could push back and forth like information on what should we display and how should it happen. And one thing that actually led uh, in a change into our system is that we have, a, so as I mentioned, we standardized different um, calls so that you can use one call on eight different blockchains. And so before we had like the the normal transfer, eh, sending a currency from A to B, and then we had a token transfer, like an NFT transfer and a, and a contract execution. But since we've implemented NEO, we have like an additional type of transfer, which is a gas transfer, mm -hmm. um, because on NEO it, it's different than, than on other chains. So um, on NEO it's actually gas that's being transferred, but on Ethereum it's actually that's being transferred. So it depends on, on which change, chain that you are integrating or using, it will, it will have a different outcome. Mm -hmm. But in a way it improved also our uh, platform because um, Neo is, of course, not the only chain who has a different um, token for gas. So we believe that it also improved um, our core product as well. And then if you compare it to the other blockchains, uh, I think they are quite open and you can actually quite easily reach out and talk to them. While that's not always the case in, in other ecosystems. Mm -hmm. um, so that was also very um, delightful to see and to experience as well, because like we are now October, so we've it's been since April, so all these months we've been in contact. I think I contacted Dennis uh, once or twice this week and last week as well, related to other stuff. So we still have an open communication. Yeah, it's great communicating with Dennis. He's uh, he usually responds really quickly. Um... So I guess another interesting 
question I would like to ask and hear your perspective is we have NEO that's upgrading their public blockchain to 3.0, and then there's Ethereum that's eventually going to upgrade to 2.0. So when you're looking at coordinating with public blockchains, do you take into consideration what their future plans are? And does that mean that maybe you wait a few months until a blockchain has pushed forward their updates? Or do you just kind of uh, work with the state that, that the blockchain is in right now and just kind of prepare for the potential to have to up, update things from your side? Um, yeah, of course, we need to keep track of uh, everything that's going on within the, the different ecosystems, especially when it's really related to the chain itself. Um, in regards to NEO, basically we would just open a communication with Dennis like, hey, um, how? what is the best approach? We, we think we want to tackle it. A, B, C, what do you think? Is it okay or not? Mm -hmm. um, but what's for us most important is, is that our customers who are integrating with NEO um, don't uh, experience any issue um, that, can, that they can stay online and hopefully that they don't need to migrate, which in Ethereum 2.0 is uh, still debatable, um, which also brings us to the point where, um, yeah, if you're, and that's actually, in my opinion, also a problem if you are building on Ethereum. So if we take that case, because it's like a big change from one to two, it might be a completely different chain and then there will be a bridge maybe. So let's assume you've built on Ethereum 1.0 and you've created a lot of NFTs and basically your, your entire product uh, um, relies on that technology. And then suddenly they, they say, okay, let's do 2.0 and there will be a bridge and you will need to move. It will have a huge impact on your product, which will scare a lot of people. Um, it's important to also keep your ecosystem in mind when, when developing such a plan. Because at the end of the day, it's a very it's a it's a very core and important piece of of your project or DApp or platform or whatever you you're using the the, the blockchain for. Um, that's also why we prefer to be agnostic and give users the choice to to develop on multiple or one and make it more easy to to migrate. Um, that's also why we were very happy that Neil also understand that we need to grow together because the space is way too small right now. Um, and there is room for more, more than one blockchain um, in the world, of course. Um, but yeah, it's the space itself that needs to grow. And we already see nice use cases, but it would be would be awesome to see, to see much more. Um, because the question we get a lot is, okay, so why blockchain? Why should we use blockchain? But yeah, um, or when we are like telling uh, or when we're discussing our project, we, we, we often get that question. So why would I use blockchain? Yeah, for me personally, it's the same question. Yeah, why should we use a database? It's not really about the database. It's not really about the blockchain. It's about the service that you provide to your users. And sometimes you want to use a database and sometimes a blockchain makes sense, but not in all cases. And it really depends uh, on what you're doing. Um, yeah, and I think uh, that 
will continue to happen as well. And it will not also be like, okay, why use this type of blockchain or why why this one? It's all it's actually about the service. And depending on the service that you're building, you might want to use a different blockchain that has certain abilities, certain features, um, certain support to end customers, because that's, for example, also something I believe um, the space should should evolve into if you have all these blockchains and you have these large enterprises coming in and building stuff on top of it. Um, and these foundations, let's be honest, are like small to large enterprises. They have a lot of budget. Um, and I believe they should also act like them, act like small to large enterprises um, mm -hmm. and not just say, here is a wallet and go figure it out. If you have an issue or if you have a problem, just send a tweet, go on Reddit. No, that's not how it should work. At the end of the day, you've built a product. There are many people. You have a lot of um, assets involved and uh, your company is worth a lot of um has a lot of value, you, so you should also treat your customer base uh, as such, and you should, for example, make sure that you have a support channel where users easily can come and say, hey, I have this issue, How can you please help me? Because at the end of the day, it's your product. It doesn't mean because it's decentralized that you shouldn't care about the support and that the support should be decentralized. You could easily say, okay, hey, we need to like set something up, a service where our application builders or developers or enterprises or customers can go to and ask questions and get actually feedback um, in a proper um, proper manner. And I think that will or could also bring an ecosystem to the next level um, because today we don't see that anywhere. But if you talk to the mainstream people, yeah, they, will, they are used to like, okay, if I use a service, then I can also pay for support or get somewhere support and not expect to, I don't know, go on a telegram, ask a question and hope a community member can help me out. Just yeah. to give you an example, we are running um, our own infrastructure and one of the, well, it's nice to see that the neo nodes are running very stable, but that's not the case for every blockchain. and. Strangely enough, uh, Ethereum is the one that is the most unstable, um, even though that software is out for, for years and it's still crashing on a regular basis. We need to take a lot of uh, measures to, to solve this problem. Um, but I don't really have any decent contact to say, hey, this is not working correctly, please fix it, or there's not really an entry point. You can tweet about it and hope it gets solved, but that shouldn't be the case. It should be like, hey, I can report a bug and I can get decent feedback. It should go to more like an enterprise level. Um, so I'm looking forward to see if Neo like shares that vision as well and and moves forward as well uh, with it. Um, I truly hope so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to respect your time, Carl. So. Thank you very much for uh, sharing your insights about Arcane Network and your perspectives on the NEO blockchain, as well as the broader ecosystem. It sounds like uh, we're, in a, we're, we're in a good place right now with the differences that different public blockchains offer, but we still have uh, improvements that could be made across the broader ecosystem.
Yeah, that's that's for sure. But we're moving in the right direction. So uh, we also see it that so many projects are being built every month, every year. There are a lot more, but really a lot more projects. So that's that's always very good to see. And also the quality is increasing as well. This is great to hear. Um, so if anybody wants to follow along with what's going on with Arcane, what's the best way that they can do so? Um, to follow, um, they can join or can, they can follow our Twitter or our blog or join our Telegram. Um, or, but I prefer that they just sign up, create an account, try out Neo and, and give us feedback, you know. Is it okay? Is it not okay? Is it user friendly? Is it clear, unclear? Do you have issues? Is there something missing? Uh, that is for us the most important thing. Not really a person that follows us, but more a person that actively actively gives feedback and can help us improve improve the product. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I hope to have you on a, a podcast again in the future. Okay. Well, thanks again for for having me. It was a very interesting talk. Absolutely. Well, what did you guys think of that conversation? I thought it was particularly interesting to hear Cottle's perspective on the status of various networks and that maybe one of the longer running networks is not as stable as the Neo blockchain. If you would like to keep up to date with what is happening in the Neo ecosystem, please visit Neo News Today's website, www.neonewstoday.com, or you can follow along on our Twitter page, which is at Neo News Today. And I would also like to thank you very much for taking the time to listen to the Neo News Today podcast, and I can't wait to share the next one with you. <laughs>